Good evening. Hope you're all doing well. Today we're learning Maseches Ksuvis Taf Samech, and we're starting about 10 lines from the bottom of Nun Tes Amad Beis. <clears throat> the Gemara says, Lema Maslisin Delo Shamai. The Dibur Maskel here is Umanika Espino. Our Mishnah had spoken about the obligations of a mother to feed her to feed her children. So the Gemara says as follows, it must be, or maybe it's the case, <clears throat> that our Mishnah is not like Beishamai. Because what does Beishamai say? Titania the Brysa writes, Nodra, if a woman makes a neder, she's in the middle of nursing her child, the baby is attached to her body, nursing, and she makes a neder, and she says, I'm no longer nursing my child. Beishamai omrim, shometes dad mipiv. The halacha is she must remove her breast from the baby's mouth. That's the din, which means that her neder actually is chal. What does that also mean? That there's no fundamental chiyuv to feed the baby. Because if there is a fundamental chiyuv to feed the baby, your neder is irrelevant. Your neder can't go against your chiyuvim. So therefore, it must be that Beishamah is not like our Mishnah, because our Mishnah says that one is obligated to, uh, to feed to feed their baby. And that's Beishamai. So no, your neder is irrelevant and she is obligated to feed her child. If a woman gets divorced and I guess he gets custody or it's presumably the case, then he can hire a wet nurse, but he, he doesn't, he can't obligate her. And if the baby recognizes the mother and only the mother, then then we do pay her for her time to be the wet nurse for her own child. Because it could kill the baby. So anyways, we draw from this brysa that our Mishnah, which seems to indicate that a mother is obligated to nurse her baby, Beishamai must not hold that way. Because if Beishamai held otherwise, then her making a neder about not nursing would be irrelevant. If you already have a chiyu to nurse your child, and then you make a neder to say, I don't want to do this anymore, and I'm making a neder according to bad says Beis Hillel, but Beis Shammai doesn't agree, so therefore maybe our Mishnah is not like Beis Shammai. The Gemara responds on the bottom of Nun Testament Beis, five lines from the bottom of the page, six lines, Afilu Tema Beis Maybe we can actually hold like Beis Shammai because this case is a little different. You're right that she's the one who made the neder, but she's married which means that her husband also has the right to be mefer neder. And we saw this discussion already. <laughs> She's the one who made the neder, but he's the one who didn't reject it. So maybe it's really his fault. The Kosavri base Shammai who knows in etzba This is the Gemara's mushal for when, for when you have two people who are, who are intersecting with one another, interplaying with one another. She makes the neder and he can either be passive and say nothing, in which case her neder will be mekuyam, or he can be active and interfere and then the neder just falls apart. So whose burden is it when she makes a neder as a married woman? Is it her burden or his burden? Bishamai says, it's as if when she's biting down, he decides to stick his finger in her mouth and then she bites down on his fingers. You're an idiot. Take your finger out of her mouth. Like she's chewing food. This is not the right time to stick your finger in someone's mouth. So we, name, we blame it on the husband, but it's a mushal, meaning he, you, you, the husband, should have been made for a neder. That's ridiculous. She's the one who caused it. She's the one who started the neder in the first place. So really the burden is on her. So maybe our, maybe our Mishnah really is like Beishamai and really we're talking more about the blame that really is due to the husband for not shutting down her neder. The Gemara responds, if this is true, then if it's true that we can make this distinction between her nadarim and his nadarim, and really there is a scenario where one could have a chiyuv that they're obligated to do, but we remove that chiyuv by blaming the husband for not being made for neder, that should apply to all of the tonight ksuba. Let's say, a, let's say that a wife says, I hereby make a neder that I won't sleep with my husband. Yeah. So the Gemara says, 
well, according to this logic, Beishamai should say it's the husband's fault. The husband should have been made for the nether. So within Beishamai, there's room to say that the Tznai Ksuba could actually be nullified, even though they're proper Chiyuvim. And therefore, the Gemara says that we can't possibly hold this way. The Odin, furthermore, one more uh, arrow in the quiver here, and this is really what ruins it. The Gemara says black on white that she is not obligated to nurse her son. Ella, we have to go back with the our first understanding, our first impression, which was correct. And that, that is that our Mishnah is not like Beishamai. Beishamai clearly holds that it is not a mother's burden, a forced burden, that she must nurse her child. Okay, sugya number one. Now, within sugya number one, we had said, that if the baby recognizes the mother, so if the baby recognizes the mother, we had said in the Bryce, that the mother would then be obligated to be the wet nurse for her own child, and we'd even have to pay her. The Gemara says, Ad Kama. How old is a child when they begin to recognize their mother? And the Gemara seems to have a machlokas about this, even though really it it's kind of hard to answer, but the Gemara says anyways that there is such a machlokas. Top of San Muhammad Allah. Amar Rava, Amar Rav Yirmiya, Abar Abba, Amar Rav, Shlosha Chodashim. Three months. Ushmuel Amar Shloshim Yom. No, a child can recognize their mother within 30 days. Rav Yitzchak Amar Rav Yochanan, Chamishim Yom. So we have, uh, what do we have? 90, 30, and 50. Says the Gemara, Amar of Simi Barabai Halacha Kerib Yitzchak Shamar Mishum Rab Yochanan, that the Halacha is 50 days. And then the Gemara questions this altogether. Bishlama, I understand, Rabbi Rab Yochanan, Kochad Vachad Kichurfe. Once you get to a certain point in development, it makes sense. 50 or 90 days, that we understand. But it is, is it even feasible that at day 30, a child would not only know their mother, but only be willing to nurse from their mother. It's too young. It's an unreasonable assumption that we should assume that a child who's 30 days old is so, it's not Moshe Rabbeinu who knows that he didn't want to nurse from Baspar because she ate treif. That's, oh. that's very from, and that's a medrash that's not every baby. That's not normal. So the Gemara questions it all together. And then says the Gemara as follows. He also, we saw this line once in Shas before, maybe twice. Do not listen to these guidelines that my brother concluded, my brother Yehuda concluded from the shear of Mishmei de Shmuel. Really, Hachi Amar Shmuel, he was wrong about this. This is a famed Yehuda who learned under both Rav and Shmuel. Yehuda was wrong. Really, here's what Shmuel said. Kolzman Shemakira, hard stop. Once the baby recognizes, who cares how old it is? You test it. You got. You, it's easy to figure out. And in fact, this actually happened. And the Gemara says, Somebody came in front of Shmuel and they uh, they had this case scenario where they were trying to determine whether or not the baby recognized the mother. I need you to go check and see if this child was able to recognize his mother. He went into a room where there were a bunch of women. It's you know like the lineup behind the glass, except a little bit. It's a little bit less glassy because you're just walking past a bunch of women. We're seeing if the baby recognizes his mother. So you take the baby, you hold him right in front of woman number one, and you just sit there. And if the baby draws toward the mother, we presume that there's a, some kind of bonding there. And then then we take the child, then we take the baby and one at a time, we go down the line to see if the baby recognizes the mother. And says the Gemara, when the baby really did get to his actual mother, he showed a face to his mother. In other words, he looked up, he recognized it. We could tell, you can tell when somebody recognizes, it's clear. Says the Gemara, she didn't want it. She, she was trying to hide. She turned her eyes away from the baby. Omar la, and then they said to her, no, not you need to look up at your child. Come take your child. 
So therefore, the Gemara ends up concluding that there is a way to check. It's a very simple test, and it's not a test of days, and it's not complex. You bring a baby near a woman uh, who we who is her mother, and if the baby actually recognizes the mother, then she has a proper chiyuv to feed her child. Done, done, done deal. Says the Gemara, Summa mina yada. what if the woman is blind? Or uh, Sorry, what if the baby is blind? What? What did you say? Child. Yeah, what if the child was blind? Correct. So the Gemara says, don't worry. Amar Abashi, we know this to be true that people have certain smells. Uh, there's like studies on that now. We actually have we actually have some good data on that now. But they knew that even then that a baby can smell his own mother. And but uvetaima seems to be some type of implication in regards to the milk itself, uh, presumably, uh, and therefore the baby would know the difference. Tanu Rabbanim, third of the way down on Samachamad Aleph. The Brisa writes, Yonek Tinok chodesh. A person is, should be willing to nurse their child up to 24 months. After 24 months, once you get to 24 months and a day, or what's called the 25th month, then it's no longer appropriate to nurse your child. Then you're like then the baby is like Yonek Shekets. He's like eating from a trafe animal. That's what Rabbi Eliezer says. Rabbi Shoomer no afilu arba even up to four and five years. Says the Gemara. And if you separate from the mother, if the baby separates, and we'll define this a little bit later, when he stops nursing for a short period of time after 24 months, and then he goes back to nursing, that's also kionic shekets. That's even according to Rabbi Yoshua, who says it's it, Rabbi Yoshua says it can even be four and five years. So that this is the machlokes. According to the Tanakama, you're considered a shekets. Yeah, after 24 months, no matter what. According to the next Shita, Rabbi Yoshua, really you can nurse for four and five years, but if after 24 months you stop for any period of time, we'll see how long that period of time is, and then you nurse again, then even he would agree to the original Shita that it is Kionic Shekets. The Gemara is now going to analyze this concern about Yonic Shekets. Omar Mar, just about halfway down on Samachamadal. Mikan Ba'elech Kionic Shekets. Let's say we're dealing with a case scenario, like our Bryce has said, that after 24 months, when this baby continues to nurse, it's as if the baby is being yonik sheketz, it's as if he's nursing in a trafe way. Says the Gemara, that's not so simple. Urminhi, we have a brysa that shares information that's a little different. This is from Asechus Krisus. We learned this about four years ago, three years ago. Maybe we can say that the milk of those who stand on two legs should be tummy. The dinhu, and there's even something very logical about this. Just like an animal where there is no tuma for touching the animal, a chazer, a gamal, something like that, and there and there we say that the milk is forbidden. Then at times a man is not allowed to even touch a woman if she's a nida or any other type of case of tuma. We're very strict even by maga. We know, and this was one of the stories I've told you many years, many times, and many years ago. This took place where I went into someone's house at Goydel Raisa. The woman was Makbanat Tumas Moshev. Welcome to my house. Thank you for flying to Texas to do my kid's circumcision. You can sit anywhere you want except in my chair, Tumas Moshev. That's, that's what it's going to be like. Please, God, that's the din. But it's not a din when there's no Beis Amikdash. But she was holding stark. She, she wasn't aware that the, that the Messiah hadn't come yet. I think she has some different beliefs than we do. Anyways, the point is that we have hakpadas in regards to nida. You can't touch anyone you want when you're. So if by a by a camel, we we've all been on camel rides. You if you can touch a camel, 
but you can't touch a woman who's a nida. So then all the more so, says the Gemara, all the more so we should assume that her milk is treif. Says the Gemara, don't worry, that the camel chews its cud. Only that animal is tame. But the chalav of mahal cheshtayim, the milk of people who stand on two feet, that is going to be tahor. Yachol, maybe I should say not everybody has milk in their body only some people do but everybody has blood in their body so what should we say about blood so the Gemara says the blood of a person is not considered it's actually halachically tahor and we'll see how so in a moment. But this brisa, and at its length, here comes the question. There's no mitzvah of prisha at all. So if there's no mitzvah of prisha when it comes to chalav, and we're saying that the chalav of a person is not considered to be tame, so why are we saying it's kiyonik sheketz? How can you say that a baby after 24 months or after four and five years, whatever the parameter is, how can you say that it's kionic sheketz if the brisa increases, says black on white, that there's nothing wrong with it, there's not even a chiyu prisha from milk. Nothing. In Shulchan Aruch, there's a conversation about whether or not the chal of Isha is considered to be milchik as it relates to regular basar b'chalav. Normally, we consider chalav as being from an animal, from a cow, from a goat, something along those lines. There we have a doraisa status of chalav. What's the halachic status of a woman's breast milk? This sometimes, these errors have happened where like sometimes if you just store milk in just the wrong jar, someone could drink it. And the question is, what's the halachic status? Okay, so these are all discussions. Shulchan Aruch also discusses, what about chal of zachar? There are some men who, due to hormonal imbalances, can lactate. And what is the status of their milk? These things happen. These things happen. They're uncommon, but the Shulchan Aruch does discuss these cases. Or Hashem. Hashem. It should, it's not common, but if, you're, if there is a hormonal imbalance, that's the difference between men and women in this area is hormones. Uh, we just don't have all the body parts that they do. So they have hormones running through their body that helps yeah, them to develop. No, the Shulchan Aruch, this guy, I think the Ramah quotes it. I think the Ramah and Shulchan Aruch, and we can look it up at another point. Anyways, we don't have to talk about that now. But that was just the Gemara's question, is to say, how can you say it's Kionic Sheketz if here there's not even a mitzvah's prisha? Says the Gemara, Lokasha, Hada Parish, Hada Lo Parish. It depends. There's two different cases. Take a look at Rashi halfway down the page. Rashi says, When is it that it's mutter for one to drink milk? That's only if it's been separated from her body. She pumped milk and she put it into a bottle. That, and she put it lakli. And if the child continues to nurse from the dad directly from the mother's breast, that's kiyonik sheketz midirabonon. But really, there you're right. The Brisa wasn't talking about that. The Brisa was talking about a kli. Our case was talking about nursing directly. And the Gemara then wants to say the chilufa bedam. And the opposite should be true with blood. We said that milk that separates from the woman's body is fine. And we want to say that blood that separates from a person's body is not fine. That would be the opposite of the Isha with them. And if the blood is not separated from the body, then it should be mutter. Kidatanya, the Brisa writes this, and this is halacha Dam shal gabe kikar, go to rova ochlo. Let's say you're eating, you bite your tongue. You take the challah out of your mouth and there's some blood on the bread. Well, you've taken it out of your mouth. Now you're porish. Dam, dam that is porish from the body that you're not allowed to eat anymore. So the halacha is go to rova ochlo. You have to first scrape off the bread, scrape off the piece of the bread that has blood, and then you can eat the rest of it, no problem. Shebena shinayim. But if there's blood in your mouth, so then the Gemara says, you can just drink it up, suck it up in your mouth, no big deal. Uh, but sometimes you see like in the movies when somebody gets hurt, ow, 
and they stick their finger in their mouth. That's mamash asr. That's not allowed. So the postgame discussed, the Rishonim discussed, what is the iser of eating human blood be'iser, only if it's porish from the body. Because as the Gemara says, that if the blood is not porish from the body, you have dental work. You have to sit there face down the whole day and dribble out blood. No, you don't have to do that. That's not the din. The din is that if the blood is inside your mouth, it's fine. If the blood is in any other part of your body, you're not allowed to put that, you cut your finger, you're not allowed to put that in your mouth. That's completely usher. It's not an iser deraisa. It might be an iser assay. There's no discussions about this. This gets into shilas about cannibalism and what is the iser of eating a human being. It's not the same as eating a trefa. It's not the same as eating a nuvela. It's a lower iser. So these shilas, uh, these are like the uh, end of world shilas. You you can choose between a treif animal and another human body. Which one's better to eat? Human body is probably better to eat, halachically speaking. So these are shilas that the postkib do discuss in God forbid scenarios. Okay, says the Gemara, that was one analysis of our Brisa. Here's another one. Omar Mar, uh, we said, Rabbi Yoshua, Omer, Afilu Arba How can you say four and five years? That's what our Brisa said in the name of Rabbi Yoshua. However, we have another Brisa, Rabbi Yoshua, Omer, Afilu Even a child who's carrying a package on his shoulder, that child can also still nurse if he wants. So how can you say four and five years? So the Gemara responds, it's an Israeli kid. He's got more emotional maturity than little kids in America. It's the same exact thing. In America, the four-year-olds and five-year-olds are taking their two-year-olds to school. Here in America, the four-year-olds and five-year-olds are still in diapers. So we're like way behind the time. So, But it, if you have a kid who's really, uh, he's a balach rice, great, good for you. That's the same age. You can still nurse that child. A woman can still nurse that child up to four and five years old. The Gemara continues, <laughs> we paskin like Rabbi Yoshua in regards to the four and five years. That's a little interesting because if you look at the, uh, oh no, sorry, that actually does make sense. Take that back. Let's continue. At the two dots, 10 lines from the bottom of the page on Samech Amad Aleph. <laughs> the Gemara says, Tanya, Rabbi Marinos Omer, Goneach, if there is a person, person who's very ill, <laughs> and they need to have milk from an animal on Shabbos. So the halacha is you're not allowed to squeeze the milk out first and then give it to the person, but they can be yonik directly from an animal. Yonik chalab Shabbos directly from the udder of an animal. That's mutter. But to separate it first is not my time. Huh? What? Whatever. It just is what it is. Obviously, you're trading. You're trading. It's, it's just trading risk. So the Gemara says that's mutter my taima. And the Gemara says the reason why this is mutter is because even though really one should not be milking an animal on Shabbos, but here it's yonik my taima. Yonik is mefarik kila achar yad. Yonik, if one is going to actually suckle from the animal directly, that's better than doing regular squeezing of another to reduce milk. Why? Because this is a shinui. Yonik, this is kila achar. Yeah, this is an abnormal way to nurse. And that's why this person who's sick is allowed. <laughs> and then here's the lumdus behind this. When a person is in a lot of pain, and this is the solution to their illness, it has to be the solution to their illness. So then the halacha is that one is allowed, in fact, <clears throat> one is allowed, in fact, to, to uh, drink milk directly from an animal without using their hands even because you're not supposed to be nursing an animal on Shabbos. So here we are allowed to do yone kila achar yad. That's fine because b'makom uh, tsar lo gazu rabbanu. And Amar Rav Yosef, Halacha is Rabbi Marinos. This is, in fact, the din. Another din, Tanya Nachum Ishkalya, Omer Tsinor. If you have a pipe or a sewer, there are scales, oh, leaves, garbage, whatever, that's actually blocking the water flow. The Gemara says, you're allowed to step on it in order to crush them so that the water can soak through better. Only if it's bitsina. And you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> My what? 
It's in it's done privately. You can't do it on the street, uh, but you can do it in the privacy of your own home. My time. What is the reason why we allow this? It really should not be allowed. You're being metaken mana. Says the Gemara, it's metaken kele achar yadhu. This is a very important principle for Hilchel Shabbos, is that when one does something in a roundabout, abnormal way, so the halacha is that it can reduce the sentence from an Isra Doraisa and to an Isra Dorabanan. And once you're in the rabbinic place, then whenever you have a competing factor, such as in this case, my time as the Gemara then introduces the motivator to allow us to keep that lesser Isra, which is to do this because otherwise your house is going to... So let's say you had this, um, just imagine some scenario where you're outside your house or say you're inside your house and you have a... Uh, here's a good example. Let's say you have uh, an ejector pit in your house and uh, there's like some scenario where you have to do something us or to fix it. So can you just like, you know, crush the things that are in the way? The halacha is bitsin and b'shabas. It's mutter. So then you can come up with a circumstance where this din applies. But you cannot do it on the street uh, unless it's going to ruin your house. Let's say you're, uh, you're just a good Samaritan. You're walking down the block. There's a lot of leaves that are blocking the drain and you want to be that guy. And yeah, you're a nice guy. So you uh, want to just jump on it. You're not allowed to do that because it's not bitsin. It has to also be bitsin. Says the Gemara, that's actually how we paskin. Let's continue. Four lines from the bottom, five lines from the bottom. This, even Rabbi Yoshua, even Rabbi Yoshua says that a child can, um, can nurse until, can be nursed until they're four and five years old. But if you do stop for any period of time, or we'll see exactly how long that period of time is, then it becomes usher to be Yonek Kesheketz. Again, the comma, how much is that interruption? Very short. That's a very short amount of time. Let's say that a woman goes out of time. Nowadays, we have real shyness like this. Let's say that a woman uh, prepares milk for a, a one-week vacation. She's going to be away from her baby for a week. So is that a violation of this din where now that after two years, she can't even nurse the baby when she gets back? We paskin this way. We paskin like we paskin like Rabbi Yeshua. And Rabbi Yeshua is of the opinion that once you get to 24 months, if you then take a three-day break, you're done. What if a woman wants to nurse until the kid's four and five? Three-day break. So you didn't nurse the baby for a week, but you did feed them your milk from the freezer. So these are good shilas. I mean, they're playful shilas in a way. It's not really so practical. Most people don't nurse their kids to that point, but it's halakhically perfectly fine. And for a woman who wants to, saves money. There's no formula. So then great. But you just have to make sure you don't take a three-day break. So it says the Gemara, the Kama, so Rabbi Yehuda bar Chaviva Amar Shmuel was Shlosh Yamim, and Ika da Amre, some say the name was different, even though the Shir was the same time. Tani Rabbi Yehuda bar Chaviva Kamei Shmuel, not in the name of Shmuel, but it was taught in front of Shmuel Shlosh Yamim, same amount of time. Tani Rabban and the rabbis have taught us in a Brisa, Minika Shemes Bala, you have a woman who's nursing a child, and her husband died, Besoch Esrim Arba Chodesh. And the husband died within the first 24 months of the birth of this child, and she hasn't finished her 24 months of feeding this child. She should not get engaged, and she should not get married. Top of We want to make sure that she gets to the 24-month mark. Why? Rashi. Rashi says, Maybe she'll conceive. And she's going to end up having to wean her current child if she gets pregnant because her milk supply will change. Sorry. 
uh, and those supplemental foods that they would use were like those were foods that they would use to feed the baby at that point and they didn't have any money for it so they didn't want to do it so anyways that's why according to a mayor why they should wait until 24 months if the husband dies during the first two years she says no problem once you reach 18 months the halacha is that we assume according to Yehuda at least that uh, that she's allowed to get engaged and get married in 18 months if the husband dies in the first 24 if the in the first couple of years whether or not she can get married after 18 months or 24 months. This machlokas that we just saw is reflected in Beishamai and Beishelel as well. Same machlokas applies. I'm going to paskin for you. Reb Shimon ben Gamliel says, He says that one even according to the Shito, who says that she can't marry until 24 months, that what that really means is 21 months, and we'll see why in a moment. And So he is uh, pulling three months off of each of these shiurim. So really, it's 24 to 18. And then really, really, it's not 24 minus 3 is 21, and 18 minus 3 is 15. And really, they're the, they're the same numbers. How are they the same numbers? Says the Gemara, the Fisha'in ha'chalav ne'ekar, it takes three months from conception for milk for the milk supply to stop. So that's what the Gemara seems to say. I don't know how that works medically. I don't know. But that's what the Gemara seems to say. So if, in fact, it takes three months to stop the milk supply, so then when we say that she can't marry until 24 months, <laughs> that's really not logical. Really what it means is that it's 21 months because by the time she had, adds the three months up, then it'll be 24 months. <laughs> so what it means... <coughs> is that we can't have her milk supply stop until 24. She can get married 21, but we don't have to worry about her milk supply stopping until 24. Now we're going to get into some halachic uh, issues here of how we paskin. So Ula says the halacha is like Rabbi Huda. If you look at the top of the page, second line, Rabbi Huda was of the opinion of 18 months. So we know from Rabbi Shem Ben Gamliel's combination with Rabbi Huda that 18 months is really 15 months. So it seems from this collection of statements that we really paskin that the halacha is that they can get married after 15 months of nursing. Arise de Abaye, the Gemara now tells the story, the, one of the crop workers of Abaye, also the Kame de Abaye, had a Shilam, and this was his Shilam. Says the Gemara, What about getting married after 15 months of this baby? Uh, is my wife allowed, or his new wife, the, wife, the woman who's nursing that baby? She, he wants to get married to this woman, but she's feeding her baby. The woman's husband died. So says the Gemara, First of all, we pass on like Rabbi Huda that it's 15 slash 18 months. And Hillel held 18 months. And Ula told us a few lines ago that the halacha is like Rabbi Huda. And also, what did we learn? And even for you, you just want to get engaged. You don't want to get married. Of course, no problem. You can get married after 15 months. Remember that Abaye was a Talmud of Rabbi Yosef. And the Gemara says, <laughs> Abaye showed up in front of Rabbi Yosef and they were talking and learning. And Abaye said, yeah, I just told this couple that they can get, get engaged after 15 months. He says, What are you talking about? We don't paskin like that. We paskin like Rabbi Shmuel who say 24 months. They don't say 18, 15. It's 24, 21. So how can you do what you did? 
So Abaye was contrite. He realized that he had made an error. He ran after this person for three parsa. Some say that he ran the parsa in sand, just showing that he made a significant effort. He wasn't able to catch up to the person. And then he really felt bad. Omar Abaye made a terrible error. Hamilsa de Amar Rabbana, this which the rabbis teach us in regards to other areas of halacha, that afilu be'asa bekutcha, bekutcha, even to paskin a simple shaila about an egg in this milchik dip, lo lishri inish b'makom rabbi. You shouldn't paskin any shailas in, in front of your rebbe when your rebbe is accessible. Lo mishum de mechze ke'af kirusa, not because it looks like you're being a rebellious Talmud. Lo mishum de lo mishtayim ilsa lameimra. I obviously didn't merit to say the right thing. I'm not ready to be the posik. De ha'ana, I, says Abayah, have a gemir I learned that din. Tak, I learned that din, says Abaye. I learned the din of 24 months. But that's a big Musar. One should be very careful if they're not sure about the halachos that they are that they are paskining for people, then they should not be paskining them for people. I ask a Shiloh. I was in Florida for winter break and somebody brought me a badika to look at. I don't really uh I mean, I'm trained, but I'm. I look I, when I when I'm forced to. I basically look. I was uncomfortable. I mean, it, see, it seemed pretty clear to me that the woman was Anita. It's pretty obvious. So I called her by Robinson and I said, "Tell me, tell me what to do." He's like, "I don't know. You're in Florida. Go find a rub. I have no idea. We want to tell you. Take a picture. It doesn't work. You got to go ask Shana." So I said, "I know the answer. I just I'm uncomfortable saying the answer." He's like, "Are you sure?" I'm like, "I'm 100 sure. I'm just not comfortable." So then he's like, okay, then tell her she's a need. It was like, I'm, I'm hesitant. And it's good to be really, especially here, it's good to be really hesitant. And Rabbi Robinson said, telling a couple that they are a nida from Abdika, you feel like the guilty party when you give that psaq. Because they asked you for the shaila, looking for a heter. And when you give, he's, what he said, he said, when you give out that psaq, he's like, you just feel so guilty. You're like, ah, I'm sorry. He's like, starts apologizing. It's just what it is. Okay, that's what the Gemara says. One should be careful not to pass in Shilas when there is an accessible route. Tanu Rabban on two-thirds of the way down. We're going to learn about uh, 12, 15 more lines, and then we'll pick up again tomorrow. Tanu Rabban. Nasna b'nada menekes o gemalto o meis. If a woman gives her son to a to a wet nurse, Ogamalto, or she weaned her son, Omes, or if the child died, Muterasli Nasimiyad, under all of those circumstances, she can remarry because she no longer has to nurse that child and she doesn't have to worry about getting pregnant and therefore losing her milk supply. So they wanted to, to act based upon this. So either the case was where a woman gave her child to a menekes or the baby was weaned or the baby died. And in that exact case that you're saying is mutter, in one of these cases where let's say she weaned her kid and then she wanted to get married right away, Rav Nachman didn't allow them to get married right away. Says the Gemara, is that really true? But Rav Nachman, we know that under others, another Mari Makom, that the Gemara says that Rav Nachman did allow for the people of a Reish Galusa and the Reish Galusa's home to remarry after one of these scenarios take place. Again, either that the woman... Um, gave her child to a wet nurse, or she finished nursing the child, she weaned him or the child died, marry right away. But Rav Nachman allowed it under those circumstances. Says the Gemara, The wet nurses in those families were committed, they were committed all the way to the end. They were never going to back out. You don't have to worry about it. So there, we could be more makil, but it's not always the case under other circumstances that we would allow it. 
Amar Luhu Rav Papi, Ve'atun Lo Tizberu, Don't you hold of the following, Mehad Tanya, we have a brysa. Arei Shohaisa Redufa Leilech Lebeis Aviha. If a woman ran off to her father's house, O Shohaya Lakas Bebeis Baila, or she and her husband were in a big fight, O Shohaya Baila Chavusha Bebeis Asurim, or one of them was locked up in jail, O Shohalach Baila Lemedina Asurim, her husband was out of town, O Shohaya Baila Zakein Ochola, the husband was old and uh, and or sick, O Shohaisa Akara Vizakeina Island Esuktana Vama Pelasach Armisus Baila Vishen all of these cases where couples uh, were not were not intimate. How can you say that there's any case scenario where one could get married right away under those circumstances? You have to wait three months, no matter what happens. You have to wait three months. Says the Gemara. and Rabbi argues and says that it's mutter. So we passkin like Rabbi So how can you say over here that you have to wait three months? But four lines ago, you said that they can remarry right away. It doesn't make any sense. Amarle, great point. Lavadaitan, I never saw this price up. That's unbelievable. We're just not used. To, we're not used to that because we have everything laid out for us. It's still difficult, but they had all of their prices in memory. It's like, oh, new price. I'd never heard that one before. Thank you very much. It's like, it's like a different, such a, we have to remember that the way we learn is completely incomparable to the way the Hamorayim and Tanayim learn. They didn't have this. They didn't have this. It started a little bit with Yudanasi with a little bit of Mishnayis, whole different world of learning. What we have is a whole different ballgame. So sometimes you'll see in people talking about like the art scrolls and they're talking about even the Beis Yosef, which is a collection of Rishonim. Don't learn those books. It's a shortcut. We should learn it the right way. You should you should scour to find the Ritva. You should scour to find the Ramban and scour to understand the Baal Nuchamas. Whatever it is, I'm just saying our learning that we do nowadays is way different than it was in the Amorayim and Tanayim. They, Pasha, didn't have this prices, so they misunderstood. Good. Is that we distinguish here that if the child dies, then it's mutter to remarry. If the child is weaned, then asr. This is a terrible piece of Gemara. Respectfully, Hashem, sorry. But Ravashi says, even if the child uh, were to die, it would also be asr to marry right away. Says the Gemara, because then if a person really wanted to, a woman really wanted to get married, she would kill her child in order to marry. Because again, if she weaned her child, she wouldn't be able to remarry right away. So she has to be cutless. She'd have to kill the kid if she wanted to remarry. Says the Gemara, there was actually a case like this. And then the Gemara says, no, there wasn't a case like this. That's not correct. Nobody does these things. There's no such thing. That's not a Yiddish thing. Maybe in other cultures, but even not even in other cultures, certainly not today. But the Gemara says that that story did not happen, even though that's the din. And the din is that if, if there is a Misa, so then she can remarry right away. And if it's Gemalto, if it's Gemalto, if she weaned the child, then she would have to wait. We'll stop right here and pick up tomorrow night. Wishing you all a beautiful night.